the shortest podcast introduction that you've ever heard. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are in the world right now, it is your boy back at it again with another episode of the College Stutzer Show, formerly known as the Culture Talks, because the culture does talk. And listen, man, you know, the past two weeks I've had some solo episodes, you know, I didn't I didn't have a guest on. I know y'all might be mad at me. I know y'all might be a little upset because every at the end of every episode, I said I'll be back next week with a fire guest. And I always say I haven't lied to you yet, but I can't say that today because y'all had to deal with me the past two weeks. So, um, but today we are back with a fire guest and back in rotation, back in motion with some guests. And, uh, you know, if you're watching this on video right now, you see you see this amazing gentleman just standing right here, sitting right here in front of you. But if you are listening strictly through audio, I'm going to have him introduce himself in three, two, one. Go ahead, go ahead and say what's up to the people, my guy. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? This is uh, Craig Moore with Black Excellence KC, Wyandotte County native. Excited to be here. Let's get let's get to it. Let's get to it. Hell yeah. And so, like, like you just said, just to give a little bit of background about our guest that we have here today, Craig Moore is the co-founder of Black Excellence KC and took over the organization, I believe, in 2020. He'll confirm this or deny this here in a second. Um, uh, director for Venture for America. And then um, also, you know, we're going to jump into about the band scholarship, his time in university, um, you know, you know, leaving the school, going to take care of fam, take care of business and, and getting getting deep into the thing we call life. Right. Where we work and hustling, trying to figure out where we're trying to go, um, trying to find our direction um, along this path, this journey, you know. So, man, thank you for jumping on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and uh, energy today. I know you're a busy guy. I know the weekend might be a time of rest. So I appreciate you giving me a, a little bit of work. <laughs> I, I, I sneak it in. My uh, my wife, she took the took my daughter to a dance class. So like we got we got a little we got some time to sneak it in real quick. I'm ready. <laughs> Say less. less. We're going to work through it. I love it, man. So, you know, you're a self-described ecosystem builder, culture guardian, talent curator, all, by the way, fire phrases. I like that. <laughs> but but uh, could you kind of break down what the aforementioned means and looks like to you? Like those three things, like kind of yeah. break down in your mind when you when you say that's what you do, like what that looks like. Got you. So, um, you know, top one is the ecosystem builder. I, I think that when we think about how we're trying to move forward as a as a black culture, you know, it's a unified effort, right? And and uh, and it takes a true ecosystem for us to kind of be in that piece of unity with understanding each other's parts in it, understanding the resources that are available for it, and almost in a sense, it kind of plays into a lot of my background that I've that I've done. Uh, technically, is project management, right? Like, who are your stakeholders? What are your resources? What are your time? What is your timeline uh, to get these things done? And so. Um, I've positioned myself and even uh, Black Excellence KC to kind of be that hub of resources, uh, be that safe space where Black professionals, Black businesses, organizations who are trying to impact the Black, the black community uh, can really get involved uh, and in a sense kind of be Switzerland, right? The pieces, this is where peace happens, this is where structure happens. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, you know, strategically connecting everyone uh, strategically ensuring that everybody has the information that's needed uh, for their progression. And then I can then ultimately report out like, this is what's happening. This is the temperature of the Black community. This is the temperature of us moving away from some of these um, 
you know, negative data points that might be out there about our culture as, you know, us, us hitting uh, net zero as a community in 2053. Is that going to be a, I've seen a, a Kira from the EBB, she posted up a, 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 a slide that said, you know, is that going to be our, our deadline or is that going to be our death sentence, you know, and so yeah. really trying to, you know, cultivate, you know, just this sense of community, uh, but then also ensure that there's a pipeline for our youth to kind of see that representation, uh, to see people are doing things outside of what, uh, you know, advertisement agencies and, and entertainment really kind of puts out there for us. And there's nothing wrong with those with those ideas, but, you know, we already know that there's a small percentage of those who are super successful. And so what happens to when, when, when you're a child or you're a kid and you're growing up and you, you realize, you know, I'm not as I don't I don't have as much rhythm as I thought I did as physical fit as I thought I would be you know and so to be able to see that there are other pathways I um, mean even pathways of innovation out there uh, you know is big for me um, and then when it comes to just a a, a culture guardian um, honestly when I say you know when I talk to people about black excellence Casey and they you know they say you know, is it just for black people? I'm like, no, nah, but the content is going to be black, black, blackity black. Like, and, it, and it's, that, it's that, it's that normalization of black leadership. It's that normalization that you as a, as a white person or a, as a, as a, as anybody from any other culture, you can learn something from a black professional. Right. And, and we are, and for us to be known for as much resiliency, I would just like to say my own personal opinion is that the information that you're getting is probably going to be probably some of the best information that you had. You know what I mean? Like we are, we've built this country off our backs, honestly, literally. And, and uh, you know, to learn from that perspective and to learn how to still be a shark, you know, in this big ocean, in that perspective and, and with ha who've had so many bears in front of them, you know, what, what, what do you think that you can do with that knowledge added with your privilege? You know what I'm saying? So uh, being a culture guardian of, you know, being one accept pushing the acceptance of you know even our own language the african-american vernacular you know uh pushing the acceptance of those and then making sure that those who are interacting with it have this understanding that it's going to be a tough conversation and have this understanding that it is going to be something different uh but also understanding that this is normal um you know that's that's a huge piece of it for me um and then that last one i don't even remember what that last one was Oh uh, yeah, talent curator. So strong, super background in entertainment. Uh, actually started off in college. Uh, was always the party promoter guy. Uh, did a couple of big, big things uh, in that, and came to Kansas. Came back to Kansas City. Uh, you know, after leaving college, actually just kind of ran out of money, <laughs> and was like, I'm not going to pull out any more loans. So uh, came back to Kansas City, kind of really figure out what that looked like. So got even more heavily into the entertainment uh, and you know, started managing artists. Um, and so uh, in managing artists, I was able to touch artists like Greg Enemy, if anybody knows him yeah. for about 10 years ago, uh, was able to manage JLB Hood uh, through his tenure of Strange Music, uh, was able to manage Love Macy for a little while, uh, did some support with Indie Ground and Steady P, um, done a lot of things with Jay White, uh, who's now a big producer for Kansas City. Um, and even Joe Black with the development of District, you know, really honing in on those managerial skills for those artists. Uh, but then I, I was able to recently transfer those skills now into any career, 
you know, with Black Excellence KC and Venture for America, uh, it's all about me supporting diverse talent to understand their sense of community, to understand what their career trajectory is going to be, um, and then to be that accountability partner along the way, which is exactly what I did for all those artists that I've named. Exactly. And uh, so really just being that, you know, any person, any type of talent, being able to curate what your plan is going to be, uh, find the resources for you. And then again, just as you have a career development officer or a career development uh, uh, counselor in college, I'm that, I'm that for you. And I'm structuring my organization to be that for you uh, throughout the rest of your life and your career. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where all that goes. I love that. I really love the, you know, the explanation you gave for a culture guardian and like pushing the acceptance, especially of our language that kind of definitely like sparked up something in my head and like helping people understand that this is normal. It's not it's not bad. It's not ghetto. It's not ratchet. It's not this. It's not poor English. This is normal. This is this is how, how, we, talk. <laughs> how we talk. This is how we communicate. We can have business conversations this way. We can have family conversations this way. We can talk about building, building community this way. We can talk about love. We can talk about motivation, inspiration, impact. We can do all that while using the African-American vernacular. It doesn't, you know, and like, I think that was a, I think that was a strong point. And, and I, you know, I would love to learn how you push that or like how you have those conversations um, or approach those conversations at another time. But that that's that because I might have to, you know, take some skills from that and <laughs> apply it to my life. Hey, um, hey, hey. Authenticity is, is natural, man. Yes. Uh, and that's that's what it is. It's like I'm in these rooms and 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 to be frank, like full like just recently pitching BSKC to a room full of white women you know, and, and great white women who have really great intention, but they have to understand that as I'm talking or the things that I'm saying, I'm normalizing that in my presentation, right? I'm normalizing that in the, the, the information that I give, you know, my wife, she's a school psychologist. And that's probably one of her biggest thing is that she has to get these teachers to understand that, you know, the things that the kids are saying are not things of aggression. That's just how they talk. You know yep. what I mean? Like they're not gonna do nothing. You know what I mean? And, or when they say, "Man, get out of here," that doesn't mean that they actually want you to leave. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> or they actually don't want to be in this space. You know right. what I mean? So, right. Getting that normalization. I mean, and what it is and how it has to be approached is that you just we just got to use it. We we can't be afraid to use it. We can't be a, a apologetic about being that. You know, it's just it just has to happen. And and that uncomfortability, like I said. You're going to be uncomfortable because you're not going to understand what I'm saying. You're not going to understand that I don't want to talk about Will Smith smacking Chris Rock in the workspace because that happened in our family. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be working talking about right. that. That's not right. for you to communicate with me about. Um, and we just have to be strong in understanding and that is our boundary. And it's okay for us to say that that is our boundary. Um, and then they have to be okay with accepting that boundary, just like they will probably accept any other boundary that they have uh, from from our communication or their communication with anybody else. So you just you just got to do it to normalize it. I love it. I love that a lot. I, it cracks me up because I was thinking about the other day I was training one of my clients, and I didn't even it wasn't even like no crazy like it wasn't even no crazy slang term or anything like it was just a regular term. I feel like everyone in the world knows. I was like. I was like, I was asking him, I said, have you ever drove down uh, 143rd before uh, in Overland Park? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's like, of course. And I was like, yeah, man, there's some fat cribs over there. And he was <laughs> like, he was like, cribs? 
And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I was like, Holmes. He's like, oh, oh. And, yes. and I was like, dang, I forgot. Like, I forgot hey. this is not the, the the language is not the same across the spectrum. But I, I love that. I love that a lot. Um, Google Translate needs an upgrade so we can be <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We got it, but you know, like you know how Google and all these companies are trying to come out with these immediate translations for like if you travel to Spain or something. Like, I would like some cake. We need something like that. One hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Um, so you know, one thing I always try to ask, you know, guests that come on the show. Um, is some qualities that they admire about their parents. You know, um, parents play a huge role in our lives, um, whether it's one, two, three, four. I mean, I've had some people on the show that, you know, have had got like two step parents, you know, two, two dads, two, two moms. Like, you know, it's, it's whatever that is for whoever, however you grew up. I would just love to know, you know, what are some qualities that you really admire about your parents and, and that you, what's the word I want to use that you, that you took for yourself and kind of applied to your life as you got older? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with my mom. Uh, my mom has always been a culture champion, uh, growing up right off Quindaro. We've all stayed in Wanda County for our entire life. My mom, my grandmother lived right down the street from our church. First Baptist church of Quindaro was known as, you know, if you can't get into church, you pull up to her house and she got keys, even though she wasn't a deaconess or anything like that. So uh, my mom actually brought that on and even early and what really kind of got my start in small business development was my mom. Like she worked specifically for black businesses. Those are the jobs that she went for. She wanted to be supportive. She'll help them out with, you know, any operational things, helping them out with their finances put me on projects to, you know, I learned about spreadsheets early yes, um, and it was clearly about supporting this and profitable ones too, you know, minority contractors, um, you know, it, it's just, just the list goes on with who she impacted. And so that has really what kind of struck my love for like just us mm -hmm. and understanding, you know, what, what, you know, we all talk about uh, uh, the Black Wall Street in Tulsa, but if you if you look back and think about what Quindaro really was before it got ran down, before the crack pimp, like that was our Black Wall Street in K in Kansas. You know what I mean? And so, and, and let alone from let alone from what 18th and Vine was providing, you know. And so, uh, you know, being able to have that source as you know somebody who kind of gave me my identity early and gave me, you know, what what I'm passionate about and you know, actually things that I really sacrificed for, like my mom sacrificed a lot too. It was long nights where I should have been in bed <laughs> before before school. And, you know, we're sitting at, you know, a cousin of mine's house because she's got to work on grant proposals for them or she's working on loan applications for them, you know, and she really brought in her corporate structure to these, to these businesses, which, I mean, really plays in a lot to what I'm doing for BXKC. Um, and then it's my pops, my pops, he's always had an entrepreneur spirit, but he grinded it out. You know, he was, he worked at PQ Corporation, was the union president for, I don't know how long. And it was really about doing this for my kids, you know, like yeah. as much as I want to be, you know, he tried Proud America, he tried all these little coffee, you know, what, what we call now pyramid schemes. But at the time, you know, those are the things that are happening. And that was the way that he can tap into his entrepreneurial spirit and I've always said like once I get to where I want to get you know I want to be able to you know see from like pops whatever you want to do now you know if you want to be a stylist or you want to do whatever 
Like, let's make that happen because that was his ultimate dream. And so uh, both of them having those spirits and, you know, my dad didn't tell me about it till later because I always just thought that he just wanted to be a union guy, but that was never his thing. Um, but he was that guy who always had like a different kind of car every six months. So <laughs> I've definitely grown into that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, just really trying to tap into the dreams that my parents had um, and make them my own. Um, and a lot of people might call that imposter syndrome, but uh, it's also, you know, just as much as we have general curses, we also have general ge generational uh, uh, blessings, you know? Yes, and so yes, sir. Um, I've taken those blessings onto mine to, to really take those spirits on. And, uh, and man, I, and this is probably honestly in my journey over the last 10 years, and I've, I've been thinking about this, especially specifically lately, um, you know, it's, it's, everything's done for a reason, truly, truly done for a reason. And so uh, to kind of see those things, and, and I was actually just at my mom's house before this, going through a lot of the stuff in our basement uh, that I needed to bring home. And I was like, man, she was like, this is what I've been praying for. These are a lot of things that I've been trying to happen and they're happening to you now. You know, I'm, I'm, I've applied for jobs that I know I had no business applying for. Uh, you know, VML, YNR is probably one of the biggest ones. When, before they merged, I applied at VML and I applied at YNR. And, uh, you know, it was softly shut down and knew that I wasn't going to get those positions. Uh, but now, like, I'm having conversations with them about how can I support their Black professionals. And so to see that come full circle and, and kind of see that spirit that my parents kind of led into me happen now, uh, man, I, I don't really have words for it, but just just thank you, you know, and, and, and giving all praises to the high uh, for allowing me to be this vessel, man. I love that. And kind of on that on that topic of like the work you're doing now and the and the the blessings you're starting to see arise and the 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 full circle moments you're starting to see arise. You know, when you think back to 17 year old Craig, like, was this where you wanted to be at this age? Do you think like is this what you envisioned? And if not, like, you know, how does it feel? <laughs> and what does that look like? I would say that I've always known that I wanted to be a leader. Um, you know, I think back into the days where uh, take a child to work day was really big, right? And so <laughs> I forgot my, aunt, my aunt was the one who could really do it. And she worked for um, Southwestern Bell. And every time I walked in there, everybody, okay, guys, what do you all want to be when you grow up? I always wrote CEO. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't think about nothing else. I want to be the person who's running this joint. I want to be the person that they look to for help. I want to be the person who has vision. Uh, and was that, you know, in middle school, you know? And so I always knew I wanted to be a leader. Being a leader of what? Had no idea what that was going to be. 17-year-old um, Craig actually had a word spoken into him that I would be speaking to the masses. Shrugged it off. Had no idea where it came from. But uh, shout out to, to Bobby who put that word into me. Now I actually reached out to him the other day and was like, yo, I see what you've seen in me a long time ago, right? I see that now. And so um, I think also, too, one thing that kind of triggered in my head is that I knew that I wanted that, but I was also afraid of it, right? Because I don't have the tr traditional career plan. You know, I don't have that college education. I didn't work at this major corporation. Uh, but what I had to really trust and believe in is my God-given skill set, you know, and and really understanding that, even though I might not know the terminology of what I do, I know I could do it. You know what I mean? And so like, I, I, yeah, I don't, 
I don't know your European term for being yeah. a project manager until I found out, oh, that's a project manager. That's what they yeah. do. That's, yeah. what, that's what that's about. All right. I, I heard it do, yesterday. I, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, looking back at it now, man, and, you know, 10 years ago, I started the Fast Track program with Kaufman uh, for, for a startup called U Hoops with a good friend of mine, Demarcus Weeks, and um, had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, found some way for them to scholarship our, our, our participation in that program. And um, I could say now that, like, I know exactly why. I mean, for two years, it, in those two years, I was walking, bro. I was literally on the bus. I put my feet on every piece of Kansas City from Raytown all the way to Wyandotte County, like living in Westport, taking the bus all the way out to Sam's Club at the Legends because I was a Taste and Tips manager. You know what I mean? Like I've literally put my feet on every piece of this soil and had no idea why I go through that experience. But as now the community director for Venture for America, where I'm bringing in kids or not kids, but graduates to work into the startup community. And my whole job is to get them to know Kansas City. I mean, what, what better experience do I need than to say that I know every nook and cranny of this city. I know how to get you around. I know how to make sure you you go to this space or this space is meant for you. I wouldn't have had that in a corporate setting. I had to go through that struggle. I had to go through that detour uh, in order for me to be where I'm at right now. So um, at this point now, I'm just I'm just grateful, man. And uh, again, just just happy to be on this earth and and be a vessel and and be a connector for you know people who who I don't want to go through. I went through, but I want them to experience everything I I, I did go through. I love it. I love it. And I think we kind of, I think we kind of, you know, have been waving over uh, <laughs> BXKC and waving over um, uh, America. <laughs> for America, but I would love for you to kind of share in depth, you know, what the the two of those organizations really are trying to do and kind of what you're working on at a uh, Black Excellence KC right now in 2022. Yeah, 100%. So when I say I'm a talent curator, you know, that's about re bringing in talent to Kansas City and then retaining that talent to Kansas City. Uh, so with Venture for America, uh, we are a nonprofit organization uh, across 13 different cities. So we're in places like Tulsa, St. Louis, Detroit, Miami, San Antonio, those cities who are really like emerging cities uh, when it comes to the startup community, right? And so, um, being in this space, I am now able to get access to basically every college campus across the nation, right? So we wow. pitch ourselves to every college campus uh, to build a fellowship of college graduates. And these college graduates uh, are in turn trying to get into our two-year fellowship. Um, and in this two-year fellowship, we actually place them in one of these cities and we match them to a job, a startup job in Kansas City or any of those cities that I listed. And so uh, being able to be a face on some of these campuses, especially regionally, uh, to say, hey, I have this opportunity for you to come straight out of college, work in a startup, a high growth startup. You know, this startup just raised, you know, a $3 million fund. This startup just raised, uh, you know, a $5 million fund. And you're going to be a pivotal piece in the development of them growing into a startup and really giving you those, those holistic resources uh, for you to be a startup founder yourself. And that's ultimately the goal. Like right? in that two-year fellowship, 
Uh, you know, I do a lot of one-on-ones with them. I support them in whatever their career or community uh, uh, aspect or uh, 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 goals are uh, that they want to achieve here in Kansas City. My goal is to ultimately keep them here in Kansas City as long as I can. Um, you know, I really don't even like putting that that term of two years on it because really I'm bringing you here to be a lifelong Kansas Cityan, uh, for you to be a lifelong member of this startup for as long as that they're going. Um, and then if they do uh, have a plan for exit, uh, we have that support system uh, to surround you with either getting another job or you starting up your own business as well. Um, and so VFA is, you know, hyper-focused on finding that top-tier talent. Uh, this year, we recruited nationwide 154 fellows wow. into our fellowship. My goal is to get at least 10 to 15 of them here in Kansas City. That's kind of the season I'm in right now is matching them with those startup companies. Um, a lot of great startup companies that, I mean, I wish I would have known about this program. I probably would have <laughs> grinded a little bit harder to graduate, <laughs> you know, and, and get into it. Uh, but I mean, you know, just for a little bit of uh, name dropping of the companies that they that they work for here uh, in Kansas City, uh, uh, 68 Capital, which is a VC firm uh, out of Indiana. One of our fellows, Nasir Chris, works for them. Startland News is one of our company partners. Novel Growth, KC Rise Fund, uh, Five Ams Venture Capital. Um, you have uh, Triple Blind, which is a, a, a major uh, a software development company here. Um, uh, in jeans design. And these are like jobs that, you know, you need at least three or four years in the experience to do it. But because you went through this specific fellowship, because you made it through our gauntlet of a, of a uh, interview process, which is like a three-month process, three-tier process, group project, you know, super vetted. I honestly don't think I would have made it even if I did have access to this, top, to this uh, type of resource. Uh, but you know, you get super active. Like I was just in a uh, a uh, a meeting yesterday with Black and Veach about you know how can we get our fellows into your innovation accelerator. Super excited about it. Working out what that details look like, but and that's what we're trying to do is like how can we get these corporations involved that have these innovation arms uh, that need that young talent uh, to really develop uh, you know the next product that will take their major corporation to the next level. So. That's what I get to do on a day-to-day um, as far as bringing, that, bringing in that talent, getting access to that diverse talent. Um, and it's in super in line with what I'm doing with Black Excellence KC. Um, and, and, you know, I, I know that uh, that branding, that BXKC, you know, you automatically think uh, Kansas City, but it's actually creating community. Um, and, and because we are positioning ourselves to be, you know, first a regional, but also a national organization. Okay. Um, and so with BSKC, it uh, started off in 2019 with a good friend of mine, Kiana Sinks. Uh, we just realized that there were so many silos of Black professionals across Kansas City kind of doing the same things. Um, and they need a spot to connect with each other, network with each other, and kind of really uh, understand what they're all doing. Um, and so we started off with a, a couple of networking events. Uh, COVID hit and stopped that immediately. <laughs> uh, and, and we re- we wanted to, you know, ensure that, I, I, I think we were hit with a charge and it was from a, a now representative, Barbara Washington. But at the time she was like, you know, what is it that you guys are doing? Is it just another networking group? Cause there's plenty of those in Kansas City, but how are you really building impact to these people that were, that you're, uh, that you're connecting with? 
And so uh, during COVID, that had, gave us some time to do some programming to really understand, but to really start resourcing. Um, and so we started a, a panel discussion called Rebuild Honestly. So even going on to now, uh, we have a monthly panel discussion uh, where we talk about uh, ideas of economic development and what that looks like for a Black professional from Black professional experts in those spaces. Uh, next month, we have one coming up. It's called, in a sense, Are You Ready or Not? But it's really just about are Black contractors, are Black businesses really ready for the resources and opportunities that are coming to Kansas City, like with Meta. Meta's coming to Kansas City. There's going to be contracts out there to help build their facilities. Are Black, are Black contractors and Black businesses ready for that? Uh, the draft is coming next year. Are Black businesses ready for when people are traveling to cities now, they're intentional about finding Black businesses. Are these Black businesses prepared for this tourism that's coming in? The, the National Black Association for Engineers is coming to Kansas City next year, which brings thousands and thousands of Black engineers who are going to be intentional about supporting Black businesses in Kansas City. They're not going to want to wait for their fish sandwich for 30 minutes in between this conference. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, as a Kansas City, I'm cool because I want to support. Like I want to be local, but as a tour, as a tourist, that's not what I'm looking for. I want to be able to experience everything else outside of your restaurant. Um, and so uh, we're holding this panel discussion and also providing resources for them to be connected to those who are out there to support them, like the Heartland Black Chamber, like KC, uh, KC Black Home, like Porterhouse KC. Uh, even like J.E. Dunn, who are getting a lot of these contracts uh, to be in the building for you to immediately get contact with them. Um, and that's basically what we kind of built a lot of our social um, awareness around. Um, but this year, we've kicked, we kicked off our premium membership. And our premium membership at this time is targeted towards um, corporations who have ERGs, and those are employee resource groups. Um, so we go into these corporations we, one, a lot of them have already done their big DEI. This is our plan. This is what we want to do to support. Um, and so we're just trying to be that support mechanism for them to actually say, all right, we're actually doing this, right? And so we find our, uh, awareness or we find out, we help them, we ideate with them on events to build community within the corporation. Uh, we become their bridge to the community to connect them with resources uh, like a Lyrics Institute who is impacting black kids in underserved communities who need to see that representation. And so we're now connecting those black professionals to those type of resources or like a junior achievement or a lead to read who needs those same volunteer services. Um, and, and then we help each individual um, professional. What is your career track? Like, where are you trying to go? Uh, we have a personalized assessment that's being built from a doctoral group in uh, at Missouri University uh, where it gauges what is the black professional experience in this corporate setting and what is this corporation saying that they're doing for the black professional and where they're meeting and where they're missing. Uh, and so that's where BSKC kind of plays in as that consultant to kind of help with that support. Um, but we're also building a framework for any other culture to kind of do the same thing that we're doing. Um, and, and I mean, man, we've grown since 2019 from just having events and now having a 500 plus membership and growing. Right. Um, and, and growing vastly now because now we're getting connected to these corporations who their ERGs are 300 Black professionals deep alone, and they're all across the nation. 
Um, so super excited for the work that's happening. Also scared a little bit just because it's just Craig and about 30 black volunteers, some of the busy black black people in Kansas City kind of helping me out. So there's a capacity that we're hyper-focused on supporting those corporations and, and focus on, you know, just building that fundraising at this point. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, tying those two together, uh, which I'm, I'm blessed to have a VFA really love the stuff that I'm doing with Black Excellence KC. It was actually probably That's a, nice. That's a blessing. part of my interview process. I, I literally told them, I was like, look, I'm going to be doing this work whether you hire me or not. So you might as well <laughs> come along for the ride. And they were like, let's do it. Uh, and so, yeah, man, both of those tied is kind of where that talent, I'm just, to me, I like to be looked at as ultimately uh, the diverse talent guy and just really trying to out here support and, uh, you know, and, and protect our people at the same time. Hell yeah. I love it. I love everything you're doing. And also you kind of made me uh, think about, you know, the way I think, I guess. <laughs> and and that's because you mentioned the draft. You mentioned, um, you know, uh, something. What, what, what did you say about the Black Issue? Uh, the NASB, the NASB uh, uh, conference that's coming in town. That's so, big. like, yeah, so, like, a huge conference that's coming in town. You also mentioned. Uh, Meta, Meta. Yeah. Meta, yeah, coming in with their data center. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, it's just changing my approach to how I think. It's like when these companies are coming in, how can I, for two things. Number one, like you said, um, you know, they're looking for, especially if it's like, you know, the draft has a shit ton of black folk coming through, as you already know, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then number two, like, um, you know, with knowing what conferences that, that are coming into town that are minority focused or black focused, and then knowing, uh, you know, massive companies that are coming into town that are going to have to sign new contracts, like just being able to think like that, not many people think like that. So, well, I mean, it is your job to think like that. So I don't know why you think like that, but right. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, damn, well, like from, a, you know, me being, uh, I, you know, just from like maybe the podcast perspective, just thinking about, okay, like how can I leverage my media personality with like the draft coming into town or black engineers? Can I get some amazing guests that are black engineers coming into town? Can I be a media personality at that conference or like with the draft coming into town? How can I like, finesse for like you know nfl to look at kansas city black owned businesses or black owned uh, creators to come in and shoot some stuff for or interview parents i don't know interview parents of the nfl draft for the nfl you know but i'm not thinking about that until you start mentioning that. i'm like damn i really do got to see what type of conferences are coming in down what type of things because big events like that take time for you to like get a position get a contract get something so it's like you got to start a year two years early Versus like, oh, draft came in town yesterday and I'm over here trying to DM them. One hundred percent, man. I mean, and I think what it is is that, and this is even coming from like my experience as a as an artist manager in Kansas City, mm -hmm. we worry so much about getting the support of the community, which is great, right? You want your friends to rock with you yeah, on the yeah. thing that you're doing. You want your people to rock with you on the thing that you're doing, but did you build it for them or did you build it to actually have this national notoriety that you really need to be successful? You know, I, real, real talk, that thing that uh, Myron fears from hot one, three gems. So yeah, yeah. Kansas city is not a rapper city at all. We are an R and B city. So you trying to make it as a rapper in Kansas city is probably not the good business strategy that you need to have. Like you want Kansas city to recognize you. And a lot of times, the those who get recognized the most are those who left. They made something of themselves, and now they've come back, and everybody wants to wrap themselves around them. And so, if you know that that is our culture, that is what we naturally do. Even in business, 
you have to be thinking about what is the outside looking into Kansas City for and how can I provide or how can I support that gap? But then it's also access to the knowledge of these things happening. You know, we as a culture are always late, even in some of the chambers and in some of the support groups that help Black professionals, we're pretty much late to the task and because we don't have access to being a part of like that initial thought process, right? And then it becomes an afterthought. Oh, we got to make sure that when we bring this event here, it has to be diverse. Um, and so a piece of what my charge is in this position that I'm in, in these rooms that I'm in is, is getting them to recognize that like, yo, you're planning this big campaign to bring even FIFA. They're trying, we're top, Kansas City is top three for FIFA to come. Now that they realize they do, they do one in the States. There's no way that it's not going to be successful without Black support, without it being diverse. You need all those things. And honestly, it should be a part of your initial pitch. Um, I mean, I, I missed the ball on that, but once I knew that, once I, once I knew that, I was on the phone, I was calling the leadership that I knew and being like, yo, this organization needs to be a part of it. This organization needs to be a part of it. This organization needs to be a part of it. But as them being a black organization, they need the capacity to really be in the space that you're in as well. So not only do you need to give them opportunity, but you need to cut a check. You know what I'm saying? Like Casey Black owned needs a check for all the work that she's been doing. She's been yeah. putting up billboards. She has partnership with Casey Current. She's helped out. Uh, a lot of people don't know that uh, a lot of the reason why Black businesses got the awareness that they did for the Greater Kansas City Chambers, uh, uh, top startups or whatever that they've been doing over the last couple of months is because she gave them access to her database for free. You know what I mean? Like for free, which I, I clip of us advise her not to do, but it's like, she knows that these black businesses need that notoriety. A lot of us can't afford a membership with the chamber. And this is the way that we're gonna get. So she's out there grinding, but then y'all complain to her as a black business about having a hundred dollar booth fee at her event. It's like, if you knew the hustle and grind that happens behind the scenes to make this happen, a hundred dollars ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? You spend a hundred dollars on some J's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If not more, you know what I'm saying? So twice a week. <laughs> twice a week, you know what I mean? Like them drops is nothing. Uh, even even from the booster, they still gonna hit you for a bill. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you, we have to have this understanding of one, we need to think outside of the box. Two, when people are providing knowledge or providing opportunities for us to get that knowledge, we need to be there. We need to be like even all of my rebuild. Honestly, when I'm doing all these resource things, it's free. Like you just gotta show up, and people are there looking for you to show up so that they can give you access. And so you just need to participate, right? And then the third one is being okay with supporting these organizations and these businesses that are looking to do things for you when they ask you for something. The one thing that we lack, we don't have like Kansas City and a lot of these chambers and a lot of these organizations that are help, help, helping businesses, they have huge families that are pouring in cash to make this happen. Kansas City don't have that. Like we do not have, I, I, I appreciate uh, gifts and their, and their formula with, you know, $10 a month is going to help this black business, right? But honestly, it's going to take way more than that. And a lot of us don't have that expendable income, you know what I mean? And so it's like, when you see that you have the opportunity to donate, I, I do a donation thing all the time. 
all I'm doing is asking to help me raise 500 bucks, $5 from, I don't know, I can't, I, I don't want to do the math right now because I don't want to embarrass myself, for, but for me to get that $500. We don't do public math. <laughs> right, we don't do public math, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it, it just takes a little bit, you know what I mean? So we have to be supportive and we have to have grace, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's why I, I continuously go to Black-owned business, I continuously help these services that are out there i just moved into a house and every contractor that i had that touched my house was a black contractor but i've also had to be like hey here's some feedback you know what i mean to help you you know saying going and you have to be okay with that feedback it's it's such a mind shift and a perspective change that needs to happen in our community that's not going to happen overnight uh but it's going to take people you know saying like myself like the heartland black chamber like porterhouse kc like kc black owned um, who's really trying to help shift those 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 mindsets? I mean, we just need our people to engage and, and, and know like this is what has to happen. I, I love that everybody has entrepreneur spirit. They want to do their cookie shops and all this other stuff, but that's not going to move the needle for economic development. And I'm just going to be real. Like I start your start start your pop up. You know what I mean? Let everybody know that you got cookies and you selling cookies out the day. But how are you thinking about? Now that I got my formula that everybody loves my cookies, how can I get these frozen and on the shelves at Walmart? You know, how can I distribute this dough to where, or how can I partner with Messenger, who's a, probably one of the biggest coffee shops in Kansas City, to get my cookies in there? Like, how am I thinking about scaling this? So then now I'm not just a small business, but I'm a maker and I need to build a factory and I can provide jobs. and. Yeah. I can provide distribution and now I have- How can you maximize impact? Yeah, you, you, we gotta think way bigger than what we're thinking right now. And there's a lot of resources and tools and people who are willing to help. We just gotta engage and, and know that we don't know everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's not all, that information is always not gonna come from a black person either. Like there are some- You gotta be okay with that too. Man, I'm trying to tell you, I'll be having conversations all the time. Like you can't, you can't just have an automatic attitude just because they don't look like you, especially yeah. when they're trying to help. Yeah. And especially when they're transparent and saying, Hey, I'm going to say some shit wrong. I'm okay with you checking me on saying some shit wrong. I'm probably going to cry about it at night, but I'm going to keep on coming in and trying to help. And we have to be okay with understanding, like, they're not going to get it right. That's the reason why I'm trying to do what I'm doing with BSKC. And that's what I told all those women in those HR departments. There's no way that you're going to be able to understand what you need to understand in a, in, a, in a click of a night for you to have a diverse community. You need to partner with Black people who's going to help you be that, that transition support. I'm going to be your translator to understand what this, what this young lady was trying to tell you. And no, she's not strong. And I mean, no, she's not aggressive. She just knows her barriers and she's strong in what she's doing because she's had to grow up and live that way. She had to be the person who took care of her brothers and sisters and went to work and grinded it out because our parents couldn't really do what they were doing all because of systemic racism. If you understand that, then now you understand why she's quote unquote aggressive. Like, no, she just fucking knows what she, what she wants. Mm -hmm. And she wants you to give it to her because she knows that you bullshitting by not trying to give it to her. So yep. it's like, yep. <laughs> and, I mean, and that's what black right through it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. so, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it's a mindset shit that has to happen, man. And, uh, yeah, man, it just it, it's gonna be a slow grind, but we'll we'll we're gonna get there. Like slow gonna, grind, but a good grind. That and, and as long as the grind don't stop, we'll arrive at your destination. 100 percent That's that's a fact. That's a given. One thing, one thing this life will will guarantee, in my humble opinion, you know, maybe not everybody will agree, but is if you're consistent, 
with your effort, like you're gonna get what you get what you want. You're gonna get what you need. It may not be exactly what you want, but you're gonna get what you need, if that makes sense. Yeah. So so yeah. it's all about consistent effort. Um man, two things. I'm always excited. And if you go back and listen to like, I mean, I'm not telling you to, but if you listen to 112 of my past episodes, you know, every like you know 10 episodes you'll hear me say hey man i really love to whoever i'm speaking to i really love the way that you uh communicate and and share your message and share your story because you do it effectively and that means that more impact and value will be received by the listener so i kind of just want to celebrate you and and give you a little high five through the through the camera um, (laughs) to say that you're doing a great job you know the way you communicate the 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 energy in which you speak and you know the topics you've touched on just you know from whatever questions came up, you know, you've done, you've been killing it. So I just want to say thank you. Um, so my next question is what's the biggest area right now you're curious about and why, um, it doesn't have to specifically be around, uh, BXKC or, or, or venture for America. Uh, but, but, uh, it can be too, but just in general, what's the biggest area you're curious about right now and why, or maybe what are some things you're researching the most right now? Um, I would say the biggest thing that I'm researching now is uh, understanding venture capitalists or understanding what those firms look like and what they do. Uh, VFA has really like, you know, put me in knee deep into that, into that talk and that understanding. So I've been really just trying to one, just get my terminology up uh, just so I can be able to speak their language. Uh, But also I'm coming to understand that these are as sometimes uh, uh, firms who are handling 401ks or sometimes firms who are handling, um, you know, large family, um, uh, what are they called, uh, trust and things like that. And so understanding like what is the requirement, you know what I mean? Uh, like I said, like there are major black families across the nation um, that can really pour into some things. Um, I love that a lot of these VC companies are now building funds uh, specifically for Black founders, specifically for Black businesses, or Black startups, I should say. Um, and so just really trying to figure out that whole space, ultimately, because, you know, again, like I said before, like, small business is not, I love that we're going to have mom and pop shops. Mom and pop shops do have a space uh, in economic development, but when we're talking about trying to go against the grind and accelerated growth, startups is the way to go, right? And so as a Black engineer, uh, who can get in contact with the Black and Veach because Black and Veach has a hurdle and they need somebody who can go out there and hustle up the cash because Black and Veach doesn't have the cash, but they got the resources and support um, for you to hustle up a good uh, MVP, and, and which is basically a, a good model for what they will eventually acquire. Um, that takes VC work. And, you know, I uh, just recently, or probably about a been about a month and a half ago, our last reveal, honestly, that we did is called uh, Black and Startup, right? And we heard from those, those who are really doing some things in that startup world, like uh, Josh Lewis with the Up Down app, yeah. uh, uh, Donald Hawkins, uh, who's doing some great things with the Kinley app, which is a Black-owned online bank. Uh, they recognize that when they even go in to do their pitches, as much VC terminology as they understand, when they're talking about they're doing something for the culture, those VCs don't understand what that looks like, you know? And so how can we get more Black families to start being VCs um, and so that we can be able to have 
those supports that are needed and then they don't feel like they have they need to fly to Atlanta or fly to right, right. DC or wherever the place may be to where they'll find those places but Kansas City I know Kansas City got it like, I know some of those people who would cut some checks uh for other things but not necessarily for our people so just really trying to understand that space man uh I'm kind of getting into crypto and all that other stuff but I'm not I'm not 100 I know it's going to be a thing you know, I got some little coin somewhere that somebody's doing some stuff for me for it. But um, yeah, I'm just, I just, I just can't, I don't, I'm not in the financial space to really pour a lot of energy into it. Right, so, right. And my wife, she's just like, no, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> so <laughs> That's real. I think like just quick, quick touch on that topic. I think for anybody who's like interested in that space, like it, especially right now, like it requires a lot of energy, a lot of time uh, to, to educate yourself about something so new that can be so powerful. Does that make sense? So it's like, yeah. Yeah. you know, so many people kind of want to just jump right in. Just like, it's like, oh, this is interesting. This is going to be big. Jump in. It's like, but you don't know shit about what you just jumped right, in. Right. Like, it doesn't matter if it's going to be big. Yeah. If you don't know shit about what you just did, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, it's one of those things that the impact is going to be heavy over the next, you know, 20 years, but it also takes, you know, uh, you know, six months of sitting down and really spending quite a few hours on it to understand what you're doing, especially if you want to have some massive impact in that world. Yeah, um, it's the industry of the unknown. And so when you have the industry of the unknown, that means that the, the knowledge is limitless, you know, and so there's never going to be a point to where you understand everything. So you have to constantly be in student mode. And I, I just don't have that capacity for that specific subject. Yeah. Be in that mode. But I do know people who are into it and uh, and I'm trusting them to kind of do that, do that for me. So, yeah. Well, I've got two final questions for you today, brother. Again, thank you so much for taking time out to jump on this uh, podcast and have a conversation with me. You know, all, all, all my wishes is to be able to network and connect with, you know, amazing, powerful individuals like yourself. And by powerful, it doesn't necessarily have to mean uh, financially or, you know, impact in the community, but just the energy that you give off. And I think you do a great job doing that. You know, a lot of times before I bring most of my guests on, um, I definitely try to do a little bit of research. So like I told you before we jumped on, a lot of individuals were suggesting you and referring that I should have you on. But uh, definitely took some time to, you know, look through your socials, look through your look through some videos or, you know, seeing you pop up on at, at certain events and just, you know listening and paying attention and i really have you know consistently liked your energy and then also liked your energy on the show so keep it up man um mm-hmm. i'm sure you bring that same love and and uh you know uh impact to your family household so shout out to that too so keep keep being an amazing black father amazing black professional and uh um just being amazing you black or not <laughs> yeah fact. thank you appreciate yes, sir. it yes sir. so two final questions for you man um, when you feel kind of overwhelmed or unfocused, being that you're doing a lot of stuff right now, um, or you feel like you've lost your focus temporarily, what do you do? Um, or maybe a better question would be, what questions do you ask yourself to kind of help you get out of that quote unquote funk? Gotcha. Um, what I had to do is actually, I just had to seek out help, right? So I have a, uh, I have a personal therapist and I have a business coach that I rely heavily on to kind of help me filter out my thoughts because there is so many things happening um, and just making sure that I compartmentalize them the right way. Yeah. Uh, but both one thing that they, one question that they both asked me to continue to ask myself is what do I have control over, right? Mm-hmm. And when things are going array or when things are not like laid out the way that I want them to be laid out, 
uh, what can I immediately do about it? And if there's nothing I can do about it, then what is there to do but to do nothing? Um, and, 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 and really put my focus into the things that I can control. Um, and so that's honestly kind of the biggest thing uh, that I do is being able to talk it out because most of the time when I'm talking, I'm figuring it out right when I'm talking about it. Yeah. Um, I've learned that about myself. And then two, just really just taking that time to assess the situation, understand what I can control, come up with that strategic plan with the things that I can control, but and then being at peace. Like that's the thing too, is like uh one thing that my my therapist always says is like, you know, when are you just not doing <laughs> what you're doing? Right. Like uh, there's rarely ever those moments. And I'm like, when can I do that? And he was like, so if you're so intentional about, you know, having time for everybody else, when are you going to be intentional about having time for yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, and what that did was that I I now wake up at five o'clock in the morning just to sit and just be, you know, just be Craig, you know, and not be thinking about Craig as BSKC, Craig as VFA or Craig as this, as this culture leader, uh, but just be me, you know, and, and I've realized that me is, I like playing video games, <laughs> you know, I like going to the shooting range. I, I realized going through a bunch of myself, I used to draw all the time. So like, I just picked that back up again recently. Um, just to kind of be the human being that I am, um, still learning. You know, I don't wake up all the time at 5 a.m. Can't say, I don't want to bring out this facade of like, oh, he's high growth and he knows how, you know, he knows how to, it's, it's hard to engage into, you know, new habits. You know, it's hard to understand that you're a people pleaser and that you do things to please people. You know, it's hard to kind of get that switch over. So um, anybody who's taking this advice and, and just being like, it's going to be a slow grind. You're not going to do it. But think about it. It's like what, what of this new habit that I'm going to do consistent, consistently uh, and my consistent thing to make sure that I, I got, always have this habit in my head is I literally had to schedule the time out on my calendar. Yes, sir. It has to be an alarm that hits me and I have to make that conscious decision. I'm not going to do that right now and I'm going to reschedule it for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by me doing that, I'll create consistency and identifying that that's the time that I need. And then eventually it'll slow grow into a new habit. Um, but yeah, man, like that's that's kind of what I do uh, when I when I feel overwhelmed or or, or kind of you know things are and it happens a lot. You know what I mean? And that's another thing I want to normalize is transparency and failures. You're gonna learn from those failures. You're gonna learn from those losses. You're gonna learn from those moments where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? You know what I'm saying? But uh, my biggest thing that I've well preacher said to me that is like. Uh, you don't know that uh, God is your foundation, and uh, you don't. Uh, you haven't. You only hit rock bottom to understand that God is the rock at the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you hit rock bottom, and you understand like there is a stopping point, you know yeah. what I mean, to where I'm falling at. Now I have that foundation to get up and, and go at it again, uh, and and learn why I failed the way that I failed. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's it's so much power in those failures, and so I'd say embrace it, you know, and. Uh, cry it out, you know, punch it out, whatever you got to do, get past that emotional piece so that then you can start triggering into the the active piece, which is, you know, uh, seeking revenge on what, <laughs> what, uh, right. what pushed you down in the first place, you know, and, that's, and, that's, and that's where shit happens. <laughs> yes, sir. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Um, our final question of the day, man, I ask all my guests this question. It's your last day on earth. You're 177 years old, however old you want to be. 
you've lived the life you've wanted to live. You've been able to have massive impact, but you're sitting in your rocking chair. It's your last hour. Your great grandkids are sitting at your feet and they're like, great grandpa, give me one piece of advice on how to live life. What are you going to tell them? Live life authentically. Just be you. Show up as yourself. Show up as the show up with the talents that you have that God gave you and everything's going to be all right. Hell yeah. I love it. Let the people know where they can find you and support you in your journey moving forward, brother. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at um, on Instagram mainly. I kind of took a break, but I'll be back pretty soon at at Craig uh, M underscore KC, something like that, or Craig MKC. If you type in Craig, more likely or Craig more, I'm more likely I'll pop up. Um, you can reach me at my website too at www.bskc.org. Find out more about VFA is www.ventureforamerica.org. Uh, LinkedIn uh, is the only app that I ask social media app that I kept on. So type in Craig Moore too, and I'll pop up. And uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm always down to meet. Uh, I'll probably if you say, hey, I want to meet up, I'll send you my calendar link, and we'll set up a Zoom and chat it out and and figure out how I can support you in any way. Hell yeah, man. Well, again, man, thank you for your time and effort today. It was an amazing conversation. Look forward to connecting with you in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys leave a five-star review if you found this podcast informational, valuable, or you smiled at one time. Because if you smile once, it just deserves a five-star. I don't know what else to say. So make sure you guys share. That's the only way for us to grow. It is your boy, C-I-Z-Z-Y, live action. Back at it again. I'm going to catch y'all later. Saluski.